Uh, my name's Ben. For those of you who don't know me, I have the honor of being part of the team here at Door of Hope. Uh, and I also, this evening, have the privilege of concluding our Praying Together series. And we've been speaking over the last several weeks on prayer, and we've been talking about um, prayers throughout the Bible and how, what they can teach us about our own prayer lives and also you know, how to pray together better as a congregation, as a church community as well. So we're going to finish this series this evening, and we're going to do that by looking at the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is over here to your left, uh, beautifully on the board there, and it's going to be on the screen as well. But essentially, the Lord's Prayer, for those of you who um, haven't quite caught up yet, was a response that Jesus gave to his followers. His followers asked him a question. They said, how should I pray? And if you're going to ask someone how to pray, you may as well ask the person that you're praying to, I suppose. Uh, And he gave them the answer. He said, well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) You pray something like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And for thousands of years since, Christians, followers of Jesus, have been praying this prayer and using it in our prayer life or in our congregation, uh, church services, or all sorts of different areas. The thing we've learnt during this series is that when Jesus actually gave us the Lord's Prayer, He actually didn't intend it just to be words that we say or words that we pray. He actually intended these words to be lived out as well. And so this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, isn't actually just a blueprint for prayer, but it's a blueprint for our lives as well. So we're going to conclude this series by looking at the very first line of the Lord's Prayer. And what we're going to do is we're going to see what does it mean, why is it there, and how can we do it. I'm going to answer those three questions tonight. Is that all right? All right, good. Well, first line of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Now, what does that mean? What does hallowed mean? Well, hallowed means to be lifted higher, be made more special, be set apart. When do we hear it used other than the Lord's Prayer? Do you know? It's not a very common kind of word, is it? Uh, But I have heard it used in the context of sport. And you might say, well, Ben, that's because you're a sports freak and you're obsessed with sport and so you could hear whatever you wanted in sport. Um, Well, you're true. That's absolutely accurate, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, too bad. Um, In sport, in Australian sport, there is a particular place that is often referred to as hallowed ground or hallowed turf. And for cricketers and Aussie rule footballers especially, this particular venue is really important. Do you know what I'm talking about? The MCG, the Melbourne Cricket Ground, is, is the place to play if you're a sportsman or a sportswoman in Australia. Okay, Many of you are like, not sporting people, so you're still like, 
Where's Melbourne Cricket Ground? It's in Melbourne, okay? So, <laughs> all right. So this place is so special. It's so revered because of its history. Okay? It's had so many historic sporting moments. Other than all the football and all the cricket that's been played there, it's, it's hosted the Olympics, it's hosted the Commonwealth Games, it's hosted multiple World Cups from different sports, it's hosted the world's biggest soccer teams, even though they don't even come from Australia, um, it's hosted the world's biggest rock bands, um, it's hosted Billy Graham, the preacher, and actually he still holds the record for the amount of people to show up to the MCG. It's such a historic place. It's become very important to a lot of Australia's sports people. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been there. I've certainly been there a few times. And, and the atmosphere created by all the people in there is just amazing. And you don't even have to be a sporting fan to appreciate it. My wife is not a sporting fan at all. But has been with me a couple of times to a couple of these moments at the MCG and had a great time and a great experience. Uh, because it's not really about the game, is it? It's about the atmosphere and the, the culture and the, um, the, just the size. There's 95,000 people in this stadium. You know, the amount of people in Launceston all pack into one stadium, cheering on their team or their country. It's an amazing feeling. The MCG is kind of set apart from all other venues in Australia. It's, it's more special. It's more historic. It's more culturally important. It's um, more interesting. It's, it's bigger. It's more amazing and more impressive than any other ground. And no other venue actually comes close, really. It's hallowed. And that's what we mean when we say to God, hallowed be your name. What we're saying is, God, may your name be lifted higher above every other name. May your name be set apart, made special. Your name is more important than any other. Your name is more beautiful than any other. Your name is more historic than any other. Your name is more culturally relevant than any other. Your name is number one. That's what we mean when we say, hallowed be your name. It's actually an expression of praise. To, to tell God that his name is number one. We're, we're expressing to God how important he is in our lives as well. It's an expression of praise. So why, when Jesus gave his followers the Lord's Prayer, why would he start with praise? I don't think it was an accident. I don't think Jesus kind of accidentally put the Lord's Prayer together. I think he knew what he was doing. So why did he put praise at the very start of his prayer. Well, I believe God, when, when we come to God in prayer, God wants us to remind ourselves of our priorities, what's important in our lives. And, and God should be number one in all of our lives, all areas of our lives, and, and that includes when we pray. Of course, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. But I also think that there's another angle to it as well. See, often when we, for instance, have a church service, um, church services all over the world, by the way, and not just ours, but quite often in a church service, we will start with singing, singing songs of praise and, and worship, okay? 
And we do that for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is that each and every one of us live a life outside of the 80 or 90 minutes that we come here on a Sunday. And during those lives, during the week, we pick up stuff along the way, don't we? We have chaos or mess or stress or we've got heaps of study that we're doing or working really hard or we're really tired or maybe there's um, stress in some relationships or maybe home life is difficult or maybe uh, we've got health challenges or financial challenges or all sorts of things, bad and good for that matter. All sorts of things happen to us during our lives. And when we come through those doors on a Sunday, we actually bring all that with us. And that's okay. That's actually natural. That's part of who we are. And in fact, at Dora Folk, we encourage you to come into this place with whatever bags you're carrying. You don't have to be perfect to come here. We encourage that. But what we do is we set up, uh, hopefully, an environment uh, with these songs where we are encouraged together to lift our eyes off of all that's happening around us, off of all that stress and the chaos of life, and onto God, who deserves all of our attention, even if it's just for a moment. It's actually also why we encourage everyone to do 20 minutes in the chair. 20 minutes um, spent every day in time with God. And that might be in prayer, or reading the Bible, or reflecting, or all sorts of different ways we can do that. But essentially, we give ourselves time every day to press pause from the, the busyness and the chaos and to put God first in our lives and reflect and, and praise Him. And what that also does is it gives Him a chance to speak to us. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody when thinking about it afterwards, that conversation was actually all about them? <laughs> Have you had one of those? And maybe they've done pretty much all the talking as well. Okay, be a little bit honest right now. Have you ever been that other person as well? Yeah, I think we all probably have from time to time. We've probably, in fact, I was, yep, a few months ago, a little while ago. I had, I had a great conversation with a close friend of mine. It was such a good conversation. <laughs> it was so enjoyable. Just one of those really great conversations. And we talked about what was happening in my life and um, the holiday that I'd just been on and the things I was looking forward to for the rest of this year and my favourite this and my favourite that. And, uh, and I came away from that conversation and it occurred to me, it kind of dawned on me, that conversation was, it was all about me. <laughs> and actually... Come to think of it, I did pretty much all the talking as well. <laughs> and I felt really bad. I felt really bad because um, my friend and I, we're, we're still friends, and, and he's interested in my life, and that, that conversation wasn't, you know, offensive to him at all or anything like that, but, but I kind of felt bad because what I'd kind of demonstrated was that maybe on the outside I'd demonstrated that I wasn't that interested in what he had to say or his life, i kind of shown that maybe I was just interested in my own. I wonder how many times, if we're really honest, our prayer lives are a little bit like those conversations. I wonder how many times we pray 
and we have a conversation with God, because that's what prayer is, but maybe that conversation is pretty much all about us. Or maybe even it's pretty much me doing all the talking. (laughs) This is why Jesus told us to praise God first, to hallow his name, to lift his name high first. Because just for a moment, just for a moment, (laughs) we can lift our eyes off of ourselves and lift our eyes onto him. And that gives him a chance to speak into our lives. It's actually kind of like conversation, like uh, when I was growing up, I was taught that if you want to listen to someone properly, or if you want to show that you're listening to someone, you look them in the eye, don't you? Everyone's looking me in the eye because <laughs> they, want, they want me to know I'm listening. <laughs> you look them in the eye, don't you? And, and maybe you engage in the conversation and you respond and, and that not only lets them know that you're listening, but it also helps you take it in and and you actually do listen and you take it in. Well, the same thing goes for God. It's very, very difficult for us to hear God speak when all we're doing is talking, if we're doing all the talking and if we're just focused on ourselves and we haven't praised Him and we haven't taken a moment to lift our eyes onto Him. So, How do we do that? How do we praise God? Well, whenever I kind of think of praising God, I automatically think of the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is a a book full of songs and prayers to God. And um, these songs and prayers um, are of all different kinds. But quite a lot of them are prayers and songs of praise to God. And so when we want to have a look at how, how we can praise God, I reckon there's no better place to look than the Psalms. So we're going to have a look right now at a Psalm. Is that all right? Psalm 148. Okay, and it's going to be on the screen, but you're welcome to look at your phone if, if you need to as well. We're going to read through this, and we're going to learn two things from Psalm 148 that the psalmist teaches us. He teaches us who should praise God and how we should praise God. Okay? All right. So the very first line of this psalm says, praise the Lord. Now that's a pretty good start for a psalm that's a praise psalm, isn't it? Yes. All right. (laughs) That's a good start. Okay. Well, if you were with us last year, you might remember that we did a whole series on the psalms. And part of that series was that we talked about the seven Hebrew words for praise. Do you remember that? Yeah. I'm not going to give you a test. Don't worry. Um, But we talked about that in English we have one word that means praise. But in Hebrew, which is the language that the Psalms were originally written in, there were seven different words for praise. And each of those words were kind of a different description of how we can praise God. And so whenever I read a Psalm now and it has the word praise in it, I'm really interested to know what praise word they used. And in fact, I was looking at this Psalm, and this Psalm has a lot of the word praise in it. And so I was particularly interested. And what I discovered is that every single time the word praise is in this psalm, except for one, it's the same word. It's the Hebrew word hallel. Can you say hallel? Hallel, absolutely. Hallel means to shine. It means to boast. It means to celebrate. And in fact, it can be 
can be defined as acting a little foolishly. Have you ever acted foolishly praising God? Mm. <laughs> so that's Hallel, okay? It's an outward expression of praise, all right? You, you can't really Hallel God without anyone noticing. <laughs> you can't really Hallel God on the inside. <laughs> it doesn't really work like that. The definition of Hallel is an outward thing that a boast, a shine that people can see. So when we see the word praise in this psalm, that's what the psalmist is meaning, okay? All right, so we've learned how. Now we're going to learn who should praise the Lord. Are you ready? We're going to move through this pretty quickly. Seth and I are going to have a race, I think. Here we go. So it starts off with praise the Lord. It says, praise the Lord from the sky. Praise Him in the heavens. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly assembly. Praise Him, O sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shiny stars. Praise Him, O highest heaven, and you waters above the sky. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He gave the command, and they came into existence. He established them so they would endure. He issued a decree that will not be revoked. So, so far, who should praise the Lord? Everything above us. Okay, Whether you're the sun, or the moon, or the stars, or the sky, or the heavens, or the angels, or anything above us, seen or unseen, you should praise the Lord. Are you getting the picture? Let's keep moving. Verse 7, praise the Lord from the earth. Okay, so we're back down to earth now. You sea creatures and all you ocean depths. In other words, whether you live on land or in the ocean. O fire and hail, snow and clouds, O stormy wind that carries out His orders. If you are the weather here tonight, you should praise the Lord. Do you remember in Jesus' life, that story? Jesus, wow, even the wind and the waves obey you. Pretty cool, huh? Verse 9. You mountains and all you hills. So whether you're Mount Everest or whether you're like the little hill over in um, Norwood. Quichi Hill. That's not so little, by the way. I used to ride up that for school. Actually, it wasn't riding. It was standing beside my bike and pushing it up. But anyway. You fruit trees and all you cedars. So whether you're a tree that bears fruit or whether you're a tree that doesn't bear fruit, you should praise the Lord. You animals and all you cattle. Whether you're a wild beast or whether you're a domesticated little bunny rabbit. Whatever animal category you fall into in those things. Our bunny rabbit is actually pretty wild, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. All right. Um, you debump, whatever animal you are, you should praise the Lord. Okay. <laughs> you creeping things and you birds. Well, well that, yep, you make sense. You kings of the earth and all you nations, you princes and all you leaders on the earth. So no matter what title you have, no matter role, no matter what job description, no matter what status you hold in society, you should praise the Lord. You young men and young women. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll, we'll work on that. Um, you elderly along with you children. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, I think, <laughs> I think that pretty much covers all of us, doesn't it? There's a pretty extensive list when you go through all that. But I did kind of think of a question. How does a mountain hallel God? 
How does a mountain hallel God? Well, have you ever seen a mountain at sunrise? We have the privilege in Launceston, I think, of seeing the sunrise over our mountains, <laughs> kind of hills, <laughs> don't we? It's beautiful. Have you ever seen the ocean at sunset? Or have you ever gazed up into the stars on a clear night and gotten lost up there? Who likes a good nature documentary? David Attenborough? Yeah, yep, absolutely. We don't, isn't nature and God's creation amazing? Absolutely amazing. Some of the animals and plants, mind-blowing. He's a clever guy, our God. <laughs> I think these things are so beautiful to us. They're so attractive to us. They're so amazing for us because they're actually just obeying the commands of this psalm. Just by being amazing and absolutely awesome, you know, the, the mountain ranges are displaying how good God is. They are halleling God because they are shining His goodness. When you go snorkeling, and the fish are all around, and, and the colors. That is the ocean shining and showing off how good God is. And you know what? When, when nature does that, us humans really take note, don't we? <laughs> Let's keep reading. Verse 13. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. Do you know what exalted means? Exalted means to be lifted high, to be put safely out of reach, to be set aside, to be made special. Does it sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. Hallowed be your name, and may your name be exalted. Same kind of thing. His majesty extends over the earth and sky. He has made his people victorious and given all his loyal followers reason to praise. Now, this praise word is the one that's different to all the others. So this praise word is the word tequila. Can everyone say tequila? I did hear a tequila from over this side of the room. Oh, and over here. Right, okay. No. Tequila, tequila. Tequila means to sing, or to sing a new song, in fact, or a um, spontaneous song. Uh, my little girl yesterday was playing and just with Lego and having a great time, just joyful and very content. And she was singing. She was just making up words on the spot. Just, it was a pretty random song. You know, there were songs about the pot plant and the TV remote and <laughs> whatever she could see at the time to give her inspiration, I suppose. But that's the kind of praise that God has um, given us reason to do. He has made his people victorious. Are we victorious this evening? In Jesus, we are victorious, aren't we? And he has given all of us reason to praise, a reason to sing. The Israelites, the people who are close to him, and it finishes with another big praise the Lord. So, after reading the psalm, I don't know about you, but I am fairly clear about who should be praising God. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything and everyone should praise the Lord. And I'm also clear about how the psalmist says to praise the Lord. And to be honest, it's sometimes a little bit confronting because 
sometimes I don't feel that energetic. Sometimes I feel a little bit reserved or shy. Sometimes I don't feel that extroverted and a bit introverted. And so it's a little bit confronting to kind of hear that one of the ways we should praise God is to halal, an outward action, to maybe make ourselves feel a little bit foolish. The band is actually going to come up right now and it's going to lead us in a song that is perfect for hallowing God's name, lifting the name of Jesus high. And so we're going to do that together. But as we do that, I'm going to actually give you a challenge. Is that all right? Yes. Yeah, that's all right. Cool. So hallowed be your name means that Jesus, your name is higher above any other name. And we've actually already sung that tonight, haven't we? But we're going to sing that again. And we do that to start our prayer, and in fact, to start our church services, and in a lot of other um, contexts, we do that to lift our eyes off of our own craziness and off of everything that's going on in our lives and on to God. And that's a good thing for us. Do you know, though, it's actually not a bad thing to bring our burdens to God in prayer? It's not a bad thing to come to God with our requests or what we're dreaming about or friends and family that need our prayers or anything like that. You know what? God actually encourages us to do that. Jesus even said in the rest of the Lord's Prayer, He said, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. So Jesus actually encourages us to pray about ourselves and for ourselves, and that's perfectly okay, all right? In fact, we heard Royce talk about that a bit a few weeks ago. But sometimes I wonder if we're really after that two-way conversation with Jesus, that we actually want to hear back from Him rather than just speaking to Him or talking at Him all the time. And I think if we want to allow space for God to actually speak, then Jesus has given us the best way to do that, and it's to start with a posture of praise. All right, so I said I would give you a challenge this evening. Well, I think in order for us to grow, in order for us to get better, and in order for us to get stronger, just like we do physically when we want to strengthen a muscle, we have to kind of stretch it a little bit, don't we? And sometimes that a little bit uncomfortable well I think we need to sometimes get a bit out of our comfort zone as well and so this this evening I'm going to challenge you wherever you are on the Hallel kind of scale (laughs) whether that's just the toe tapping kind of soaking it all in kind of praise (laughs) or whether that's like a medium kind of singing along and maybe every now and again sticking our hands out kind of praise or whether that's a full on jumping around hands up shouting leg kick kind of praise (laughs) wherever you are on this scale (laughs) that I just made up then (laughs) I want to challenge you just right now in this song maybe just turn it up one notch whatever that means for you okay if you're normally uh, just let it soak all in and toe tap Maybe tonight you want to 
join us in singing a little bit out loud. <laughs> maybe if you're normally comfortable with singing, maybe you want to put out your hands in this song as a sign of surrender to God. Or maybe you want to raise your hands in a sign of surrender to God. Or maybe if that's normally what you do, maybe you want to amp that up a bit as well and maybe just sing louder or shout it out or dance around. Whatever you want to do, that's okay. I just encourage you maybe to challenge you a little bit. And here's why, and this is where I'm going to finish. We can say, hallowed be your name with our words in prayer. We can think of all different ways to do that. But you know what is really powerful is when we actually say, hallowed be your name with our actions as well. And when we hallel God, that's what we're doing. We're actually saying, God, you are more important. Your love for me is so good. My love for you is so strong that I'm actually going to put aside my feelings of kind of self-consciousness just for a moment. My love for you is just so strong that I am going to put myself into a position where I'm a little bit uncomfortable and maybe feel a little bit foolish because my love for you is just so good and I'm just so thankful to you for who you are and what you've done for me that I'm going to demonstrate that by making myself a little bit foolish.